Welcome to Port Phantoms, a podcast miniseries dedicated to telling the haunted tales from the college at Brockport. I'm your host, Darcy Porter. If you're here because you listened to episode one and you've come back to get even more spooked, I gotta say, thank you. We had such an overwhelming response from our first episode about Hartwell Hall. So much so that we're changing directions just a little bit for this episode. Originally, I had wanted to take you through the haunted tales for the rest of campus. But since so many of you shared your own Brockport ghost stories with me, I can't let them go to waste. Here's episode two. Students, faculty, staff, and alumni share their own Brockport paranormal experiences. If you're listening to this, it means you most likely listened to episode one. So I won't bore you with the entire haunted history of Hartwell all over again. But here's the briefest of recaps for those of you who didn't. Hartwell is the college's oldest and largest academic building, so it kind of goes without saying that it's the most likely to be haunted. The most credible and well-known legend is the death of Edward Rowley, a worker who drowned in 1888 in the space where Hartwell now stands. Then, in 1991, two of Hartwell's night cleaning staff gave testimonials about their interactions with Rowley's ghost and, in general, all of their creepy experiences from working in Hartwell late at night. Here's the gist. They said that if you don't believe in ghosts, come to Hartwell, and you will. In fact, I haven't even told you the creepiest of their stories yet. One of those cleaners was cleaning a dance studio in Hartwell from a six-foot ladder and fell. The crazy part is that she landed without injury. I'll try to paint the picture for you. She landed with one arm hung over the dance bar in such a gentle way that she claimed she felt no pain. She was asked to fill out an accident report, but didn't because she said she wasn't hurt. She swears that it was as if someone had set her down on that bar. The cleaners that were there at the time believed that such an impact on the dance bar should have caused serious damage, but she was fine. Remember, she fell from a six-foot ladder directly onto a dance bar. Ouch. Or actually, I guess not. But this leads me perfectly into the stories from Strasser Studio. Strasser is one of the larger dance studios in Hartwell. It isn't mentioned as the studio in which the cleaner fell, but listen to this. After coming out with episode one of Port Phantoms, multiple students reached out to me specifically about Strasser being haunted. Slamming doors, lights flickering, theater seats falling on their own. This is Brittany. When I was a student here, my friends and I snuck into Hartwell Hall and the dance studios to play hide-and-go-seek one night. Uh, We were sitting in Strasser's studio, just hanging out, and all of a sudden the chairs started flipping. Um, The bottoms of them started flipping up. I don't know, it was probably four or five in a couple of minutes. Um, So we got out of there really quickly. It was probably the creepiest thing we've ever heard at night in Hartwell. Even to me, a non-believer in ghosts, I'm not going to lie. Strasser Studio is kind of freaking me out, and I have to believe that it's 100% the same studio that the cleaner fell off the ladder, right? Also in Hartwell, 23 years after the interviews with the cleaners, a student by the name of Contessa Blossenhauer, class of 17, put some of these alleged experiences to test. Her and her boyfriend stayed overnight in Hartwell in March 2016, which, kudos, I would never be able to do that. 
She was also accompanied by the Monroe County Paranormal Investigation Team, so it was a legit ghost hunt. They explored Studio 64, believed to be the site of the former pool, where they encountered unexplained pockets of cooler air. In Hartwell Dance Theater, one person saw a shadowy figure that left quickly as the group entered the room. And closer inspection found that the seat where the figure had been seen was the only one folded down for sitting. The crew also attempted to visit room 239, where one of the cleaners had seen mysterious shadows, but it no longer exists. By the night's end, they had definitely encountered some unexplained sights and sounds, but the group left without any comprehensive evidence. Boo! Pun intended. Colton, class of 2016, was a member of student patrol when he and his partner were locking up Hartwell one night in October. They saw a light on inside, which was odd, seeing as though no one should have been in the building that late at night. When they got to the room, the light was off. They checked to make sure the light switches were working. They made sure the lights were still off and left. When they got outside and looked up at the room, the light had turned back on. It began to flicker off and on for a few moments before turning off again completely. He told me, I don't think my partner and I ever finished securing Hartwell faster than that night. I'm not sure what it was, but I'm convinced something inside Hartwell wanted us to leave. Here's another haunted story told by one of our faculty members, Dr. Fegley. The very first time I heard about the Hartwell ghost was during my sophomore year at the College of Brockboards in, I believe it was fall of 2001. Um, I was taking a class in the health science department from a faculty member that is now retired, um, but she was also very heavily involved on campus and she often stayed um, to attend campus events late at night with students. And I was in her class one day and she told us all to have a happy Halloween. And then she asked us if we wanted to hear a ghost story. And she told us about a time that she was in Hartwell late at night. Um, she was getting ready to leave and she was leaving the building um, from the exit that is down by the Hartwell Cafe. And she said that when she turned the corner, she saw a woman standing um, in kind of colonial garb. Um, she said a long flowing dress um, and she said good evening to the woman and the woman didn't respond. So uh, my professor just stood there, asked a few more questions and finally looked down at the floor and said that she then realized why the woman wasn't responding. And it was because she realized that the woman had no feet and she was just floating in Hartwell. Um, and she told us that ever since then, she never stayed in the building past 930 when night classes ended. Um, and she was always weary to come back to her office um, on the weekends and when other folks weren't around. Hartwell isn't the end all be all of this podcast, though. Sure, it comprises the bulk, but it's also just an academic building. What about all the buildings on campus where students actually live? You know, where they eat, sleep, hang out, and spend the majority of their Brockport lives. The residence halls. So, backstory. Port Phantoms wasn't just an idea that randomly popped into my head. If I haven't already made this clear, I don't even believe in ghosts. So naturally, I'm not at the forefront of ghost stories. Which is why, when Vincent Carbone came onto the scene this past summer, it only then dawned on me. Vincent Carbone, a graduate of the class of 2010, is now a professional ghost hunter. That wasn't always his plan. In fact, when he studied at Brockport, he was a communications major. 
It wasn't until a paranormal experience as a night desk attendant in Briggs Hall did he become immersed in the world of ghosts. So when Vincent reached out to his alma mater over the summer about coming back to campus to conduct an official ghost hunt, my interest peaked, and eventually, Port Phantoms was born. Just like how Vincent's love for the paranormal was born out of his own ghost story, one that happened in a res hall. Here's his retelling of what happened in Briggs. In 2009, I was in the fall semester of my senior year at Brockport. And while I was a student here, in addition to being a theater major and a broadcasting major, I worked a couple of different jobs on campus, one of which was sitting as a night desk attendant. And I lived in Briggs Hall. And on one night, I remember it was a Wednesday, and it was after midnight, and it was very quiet, not a lot of people coming in. And I needed to get something from the RA's office, which was directly behind me. So I stood up. I walked around the corner, I tried to open the door, it was locked, so I went back to my desk to get the keys, and in the few seconds that I was gone, when I came back to the desk, I could hear what sounded like the muffled sound of water running. And at first, I thought it was the wind outside, but then as I got closer to the men's room, I did in fact find out that it was the water running. So I opened the door, the lights were off, but the faucet was turned on. So I turned it off and it really took me aback. It was very surreal. Then the rest of the night, the elevators kept coming down and opening and no one was getting off. A couple of weeks later, the same thing happened to another night desk attendant, a girl. So that was the moment in which my lifelong interest in the paranormal became an endeavor to get resolution. It was shortly after that experience in Briggs Hall that I went on my first paranormal investigation, which would be the first of many. Not surprisingly, Vince is not even close to the only student to have encountered strange things in the res halls. Nick, who lived in Benedict Hall last year, tells his. Last year during the spring, one of my friends called me while I was in class. I couldn't answer, so I texted her, what's up? And she responded, um, your room is flooded. I get back to Benedict where I see an inch and a half of hot water all over my room. The thing is, I didn't use the hot water in my sink before I went to class. So the sink turned on all by itself and flooded my room. After I heard Nick's story, it seems like Mortimer Hall was a common thread for many potential spirits too. Emily lived on the 10th floor of Mortimer and experienced lights turning on and off by themselves. She would hear someone in the common room and nobody else was there, and her roommate said that she woke up to a full apparition of a man standing at her bed. Different tales are told about the second floor. For this story, the subject did not want to be identified by name. I was a sophomore in a Mortimer suite right across the hall from a room that's known to have a traumatic story associated with it. So while my roommates and I were hanging out in the common room one day, we suddenly heard water start to run in the bathroom, and we knew that no one was in there. So we ran to the bathroom to find the faucet running full blast, and the handles were continuing to spin as it ran. We were laughing while we were screaming and trying to turn it off, because that was the only way to keep from being absolutely terrified. As for the rest of campus, there's the time that Sarah, class of 02, took a photo of the Special Olympics fountain only to find what appears to be a woman in white in the photo. Sarah had not seen anyone there at the time. 
She says, I'm positive I would have noticed the woman if she was there when I took the picture. It was a really hot day for April, and seeing a woman in a long white dress randomly on our campus would have been weird to begin with. Naturally, I questioned if this was photoshopped, but I've seen the photo, and Sarah is not wrong. It does look like there's a girl in white next to the fountain. All I keep thinking is that if there's this many stories about the paranormal at Brockport, there has to be even more. Next time, for our third and final episode, The Hunt is On. Coming on Halloween night, we're taking you through a real ghost hunt in Hartwell with our very own alumnus and professional paranormal investigator, Vincent Carbone. I'm your host, Darcy Porter. Thanks for listening, and happy almost Halloween. Credit for Port Phantoms, a podcast, goes to writer and host, Darcy Porter, editor, Anna Loria, audio engineer, Megan Finnerty, and college archivist, Charlie Cowling. <laughs>